the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com. Howard Husak, H-U-S-O-C-K, Vice President for Policy Research at the Manhattan Institute. I I say when he's not on, we have not met, I just want to say the Manhattan Institute is one of the gems in our society. The journal that they produce, City Journal, is perhaps the most important thought journal right now. So, uh, I'm honored to have you on the show. He has written a book, Who Killed Civil Society? The Rise of Big Government and Decline of Bourgeois Norms. That, folks, is my uh, my meme, the decline of bourgeois norms. Like uh, you have children after you get married, you work hard, and things like that. The book is up at DennisPrager.com, Who Killed Civil Society? Howard Husak, welcome to my program. Well, thanks so much for having me, Dennis. It's an honor to be with you. That's very kind of you. What prompted you to write this? Well, it goes back to a personal story, and it's the story of my father's upbringing. Uh, the biggest mystery of my childhood was how my father had survived his. He was orphaned at age 10 in the depths of the Depression in South Philadelphia, which is was a very, very poor neighborhood. And I said, well, how'd you get by? He was homeless for a while with his sister. And he said, well, it was the agency. I go, what the heck was the agency? And then some years later, I started poking around in archives in Philadelphia before there was an Internet, and I found out that he had been placed in foster care, not by the government, because the government didn't do that then, but something called the Juvenile Aid Society, Jewish philanthropy in Philadelphia. And not only did they place him in a foster home that they knew was going to be a good home, but they checked up on him. Every week, a volunteer would come and meet with him, and not only did she make sure that he had a place to do his homework and had his own room and he was getting fed well, but she had a list of values that the agency told her she had to share with him, values like self-control, self-discipline, good manners. And I said, wow. Why do these sound old-fashioned and sound like something that we wouldn't dare to promote today, that social workers today would back away from? And then I said, well, how did that change? And that led me to a story of how the government took over that whole independent sector of values-promoting civil society. And that led me to write the book. That's very powerful. You know, I 
this is going to sound odd to you. My listeners are somewhat inured by now. I actually almost welled up in tears that there was an America where a kid was given a written set of values to live by. When, when I hear the phrase, make America great again, that's what I think about. Raising kids with character values. Your father's story is another, there's another thing. You must, you must bristle at the phrase that uh, poverty causes crime. <laughs> well, values prevent crime. That, that's, that's the thing. It's like gun control is going to prevent gun violence. Well, how do we get people not to pick up guns in the first place? And that's what civil society used to be about. What I like to say about civil society, and I think you'll like this, people say, what is civil society, some kind of arcane phrase? It's very simple. It's everything that is illegal in China. Independent religious institutions, forget about it. Independent anything, the Falun Gong, just because they're independent of the government, it's illegal in China. And we had the most robust system of civil society in this country until government started to give grants to all these organizations, and suddenly their values were distorted away from what I call the formative to the reformative. We're going to help people once they have problems, as opposed to having civil society groups, churches, synagogues, and secular groups of all kinds inculcate, if you will, the right values. That's, oh my God, I tell you, it's so nice to hear. That's the solution. That was what the, that's what the Tocqueville said was America's strength. These non-governmental agencies, which the left has destroyed one after another because they, they're, they're independent of the state. I know that you are aware of the Amy Wax controversy. She used the word bourgeois, the term bourgeois norms. Why don't you tell everybody? Uh, we've had her on, but in a nutshell, what happened there and your take on it? Uh, well, Amy uh, Wax at the University of Pennsylvania uh, wrote a, an article uh, for a local newspaper there saying there are some uh, cultures and cultural norms that are to be preferred to others. And the ones that she uh, extolled particularly were the so-called bourgeois norms. And you can think of that as sobriety, thrift, marriage. Uh, some people talk about the success sequence, finish school, don't have children until you're married, and keep a job, almost any job. I, I think the, the thing that people really get wrong and Amy didn't get it wrong, her critics got it wrong. What people really get wrong is to think of bourgeois values. It's like folk Marxism. Marx criticized the bourgeoisie, so they must be bad guys. There's a sense that it's exclusive, that it's for the privileged, for the well-to-do, the bourgeoisie. No, throughout American history, civil society, and I, I happen to love the settlement houses of the early 20th century, that we're teaching immigrants English and teaching them how to become citizens, teaching them the Pledge of Allegiance. That's where it started. And what they understood was bourgeois values are not exclusive. They're inclusive. They're the secret sauce 
to how to get ahead in America. They're the secret sauce to life satisfaction. It was the privileged classes, if you will, the well-to-do, sharing with the newcomers who came from rural areas and from unsophisticated backgrounds. This is the way to succeed, America. And we're telling you this. Why? Because we want you to succeed. We don't want to oppress you. We want you to succeed. And so it's a misunderstanding that Amy got caught in to think that these are some kind of exclusive values of the upper crust. Not at all. Yeah. Well, you're generous. I don't believe it's misunderstanding. I think it's deliberate uh, mis- misreading by the left. They completely understand. How could how could the idea that you should have a child after you get married be a racist? Unless you're a racist and think that this is directed against minorities, racial minorities, which makes you the racist. In other words, whites should have children after marrying, but we should not say that blacks should have children after marrying. Is, isn't that, that's exclusivity. That's not inclusive. So uh, I, I just have to say, I don't think they misunderstand it at all. I think they are a force of chaos, but it, it doesn't matter. The, the, whether well, I think it's, that it's, a con, it's a condescension and a patronization, you know. And in, in the old days, if you will, when civil society was healthier and more far-reaching, there was an understanding that, no, these are values that are good for everybody. Yes, that's the whole point. That's what the yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's it's everything. Now, you give a number. Your book is divided into uh, chapters, as every book obviously is. Uh, but it is chapters about people and ideas. So explain explain that. Yeah. So uh, I think I hope that people will enjoy reading because it's stories of of uh, of six key people. Uh, Charles Loring Brace, he founded the Newsboys Lodging House in New York. Jane Addams, she founded the first settlement house. Uh, uh, Mary Richmond, she founded the school of social work, the idea of social work, which was of uplift, not oppression. Uh, and then there's a few bad guys. Uh, Grace Abbott, she started the Federal Children's Bureau and started the spigot of federal money ro- rolling out to the independent sector. Wilbur Cohen, they called him Mr. Social Security. He changed the Social Security Act from, you know, a pension and unemployment program to a huge faucet of spending uh, to the point that today uh, uh, civil society groups, 56,000 nonprofit groups get 300,000 federal grants worth $53 billion. the, The amount of it is unbelievable, and yet our social problems get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger because they get rewarded from serving more people. So the more the problem continues, the more money they get. And then finally, I have a kind of a, you know, I try to be a hopeful, optimistic person, and I have a chapter about uh, uh, some people that are doing the right thing today. One of them is a guy named uh, Jeffrey Canada. He started something called the Harlem Children's Zone in New York with philanthropic money, with philanthropic money. And he's all about uh, bourgeois norms. Uh, He has a charter school there, rap stars, want to come and give him money and tour the school and have their picture taken. And he says, no rap stars at my school. I don't like what you're saying. So there is some hope. Uh, It's an uphill fight, of course. So you mentioned about things that, you know, give hope. So uh, you'll love this. Uh, 
As I said, it's a little dark. It's a, good. You're ready? Good. You're the man. Here goes. So this was told to me many, many years ago by a mentor of mine, a, a, a rabbi in Israel. I used to live at his house when I go to Israel uh, very often as a, in my 20s, and I lived with him. And he was a mentor, and he told me this story that in the early days of Israel, uh, it was very hard to get a telephone. You had to wait a long time. So he went to the office, of, you know, the communications office, and he, and he said to the guy, uh, so uh, when will I get my phone? The guy says, oh, six months. So he said to the guy, well, uh, is, there, uh, is there any hope that I can get it sooner? And the guy told him, sir, there's always hope. There's no chance. <laughs> so whenever people ask me is there any hope <laughs> unfortunately that story immediately comes to mind so let me end this interview with you and you've been a delight let me do, Thank you. What, what, how, what would you state looking at america and the and the collapse of civil society thanks to the left where, where would you rate not just hope but chance of prevailing well, what, on a scale of 1 to 10? Okay, that's good. I love scales of 1 to 10. Eh, I'm giving it a 6. I'm giving it a slightly positive. And the good news is that, you know, we can't wait. We have to get over the idea. We've been acculturated since the New Deal's idea. There's going to be a big new program from Washington that's going to fix civil society. Wait a minute. That's a contradiction in terms. We have to rebuild it ourselves brick by brick. So that means that your listeners have to look at their local communities and say, what's an organization that is doing something that is helping to shape character? And I want to give them money. I want to get to be on their board. And it doesn't have to be a new organization. It could be the YMCA, and your local YMCA is doing nothing but, you know, having exercise classes. But maybe they could do something. Or Big Brother and Big Sister, the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. That's right. And if if they're doing wrong... Get involved and make them do right. So it's in our hands. Well, my friend, I hope we meet. This was wonderful. Howard Husak's book, Who Killed Civil Society? Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.